Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. How are you all doing? It's Sunday night and you're social distancing. It's a good thing. Amen. And uh, I have been, um, I've been trying to encourage myself in the Lord. How about you? Because there are evidences around us that if we calibrate to the narrative that we are witnessing for some of us, uh, that there could come a temptation to despair. And so when we calibrate our faith to what we see and what is happening horizontally, the Bible says that you are aligning yourself up with a situation that will result in despair in your life. David said in the 27th Psalm, I think it's verse 13, he said, I would have despaired unless I believed. Everybody say believe. So unless I believed, I would see the goodness of God while I was still alive or in the land of the living. So what, what I've been saying to myself is that, that what, what, is, what is happening in my life and the way I'm dealing with the way I'm responding to and reacting to and bouncing off of incoming data, if I don't believe that God is going to do something good in my life as a result of maybe something that I am categorically experiencing as bad, then the result is going to be despair in my disposition. And how many of you know that you can't have faith and despair operating simultaneously in your life? So you either need to believe in the narrative of division and hate and separation and all of this stuff that's going on, or we can bump ourselves up higher. We could be Christians first and everything else second. Amen, somebody. And put our foot down and say, I am not going to stop believing that I'm going to see the goodness of God. I don't care how bad it looks right now. I don't walk by what I see. I walk by what I know. And what I know is that God is good all the time. Amen, somebody. Look at the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is sight. So you cannot have faith and walk by what you see at the same time and that be faith. You cannot attach your belief to God and what he says and to what you see and what, what you're seeing is saying simultaneously. How many of you know that what's going on doesn't have nothing to do with what's really going on? There are things going on that we see and we think and we're assessing what's going on, but how many of you know that something, God is up to something behind what we see and that's what's really going on, amen, somebody? And what God really has going on is something good for you. I would have despaired unless I believed that what was going on isn't what's going on. What's going on is God is setting me up to go up. When I have a setback, I'm not taking a step back. I'm getting ready for my comeback in Jesus' name. Amen, somebody? Don't shout me down now. So how were we introduced into the kingdom of God? 
we got introduced, and this is what I just kind of been massaging into my own disposition. Because I'm not immune of what's go- what I see, but I am not going to be what I see first. I'm going to be what I believe first. Amen. The kingdom of God only operates effectively and efficiently when it's in first position. And what is the introduction into the kingdom? What introduces us into the kingdom is repentance. Repentance is what introduces us into the kingdom. But what introduces us or motivates us for re- to repent? The Bible says that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. Amen, somebody? Until we get a revelation of God's goodness, we can't get a revelation that his goodness is stronger than my badness. That, that, and then when our hearts beat with God's heart, we have a message that we carry the proclamation that forgiveness is available from a God who's good all the time. So the Bible says, do not think lightly. Do not have a mindset where you're thinking lightly of the riches of his kindness and, and his forbearance and his patience. Don't you know that the goodness of God leads you into repentance? Now, repentance is not what religion is trying to get mileage out of you with. That word repentance sometimes is a penance multiple times. That you're giving penance, 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 penance. You're re-upping on your penance, penance, penance. That's not what it means. Now, religion tries to get all the miles it can out of your penance by you having to re-up on it. But what repentance actually means is that there is a radical mind shift that causes a life lift. It means that you stop thinking thoughts about yourself that come from yourself. You start thinking thoughts about yourself that God is having about yourself. Remember in the book of Acts where where they said to Peter, what do we do? And he said, stop thinking the way you're thinking and start thinking the way God's thinking. When you don't know what to do, stop thinking what you're thinking and start thinking what he's thinking about you. And what is God thinking about you? Good thoughts. Why? Because God is good. How often? Why? Because he's God all the time. So if he's good all the time, it's because he's God all the time. And how many of you know that God is good even when you're not good? God is going to choose good for you even when you don't choose good for you. Amen, somebody? And so, and so I would have despaired unless I believed I was going to see the goodness of God. I think 2020 has been the year of the great reveal. We got to, we got to find out for ourselves who and what is first in our life. Are you a Christian first or are you a political party first? Are you in the narrative of the goodness of God? Are you in the narrative of the badness of whoever you don't agree with? I can't get no help from nobody up in here on the ground floor. Come on, somebody. Are we, are we, 
And maybe that's not an amen moment right there, but I'm just saying, what are we first? Are we Christians first? Are we Christ followers first? Are we sons and daughters of God first? Then why the narrative of division? Why the narrative of hate? Why the narrative of disappointment? Why did we lose hope? Gotta smoke dope, get a rope because we can't cope. Come on, somebody. Why? Because we stopped believing that we were gonna see the goodness of God while we were still alive. I'm not gonna have to wait till I get to heaven to see how good God is. I'm going to see it now. Otherwise, our other option is to despair. I'm not going to prepare to despair. Hallelujah. So it's the revelation. It's at the revelation of the goodness of God that leads us to this radical mind change. And and that word radical means, it carries with the idea that that the mind change is now the root of how you process incoming data into your life. So when it's radical, radical means this is the root of the way you think. And so when you have a radical mind shift, the radical mind shift comes off of Anything else but believing that you're going to see that the goodness of God is more powerful than the badness of people. And when you see God's goodness, then it introduces you into this mindset. See, your life is not the accumulation of what's happened to you. Your life is the accumulation of of what you think about what happened to you. And it's not what happened to you that you can't get over. It's the lie that came through the door of what happened to you that you can't get over. And any time you have a thought that makes you feel bad about yourself, you can investigate that thought and realize that that thought is a lie. It's an assault against the goodness of God. How many of you know that religion vandalizes God's character? And so when you get religious, you start thinking that God is punishing you. How many of y'all got kids? Raise your hand. Wow. How many of y'all got teenagers? Raise your hand. Let me pray for you. you? I know you're on your last leg. Hallelujah. No. But listen, when you're raising kids and they do something wrong and you need to discipline them, you need to punish them. Do you keep punishing them? For the same thing over and over again, even though they only did it once? Do you spank them? They go to bed, you wake them up at three o'clock in the morning, and go, you know what, I gotta spank you again. <laughs> that only happened in my house. Come on, somebody. <laughs> no, you, listen, so let me ask you a question Did God punish Jesus for your sin? Then why is he pun- why do you think he's punishing you? God is not punishing you for your sin because your sin has already been punished. And so when we walk in this, when we walk in this mindset where we believe that we have a worldview that God is punishing me as soon as I make the wrong move, we have vandalized the character of God's goodness. God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. God is not waiting for you to make a mistake. 
he already knew that you would make mistakes and he pinned your mistakes on him, on Jesus, and he pinned Jesus's righteousness on you. Amen. Listen, listen. The reason why God turned his back on Jesus is because he was responding to you. And the reason why we can experience God face to face is because of Jesus. So God treated Jesus like you deserve to be treated. And he's treating you the way Jesus needs to be treated. God made him who knew no sin to be your sin so that you could become the righteousness of God in him. You are no longer that sin, uh, you're no longer that sinful person that you once were because Jesus became you so you could become him. As he is, we is in this world. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to be like him. When God looks at you and makes a decision about you, he makes a decision about you based on his goodness and your righteousness that his goodness produced in your life. Y'all all right? Amen? So I don't have to get caught up in horizontal re, uh, results. I can get caught up in eternal results. Amen, somebody? I can live my life calibrated to the reality that I would have despaired because of what's happening horizontally, but I don't have to. Why? Because I believe I'm going to see the goodness of God while I'm still alive. Amen, somebody? God is up to something here, man. God is not nervous. He's not running. Jesus isn't running through the halls of heaven and, and saying to God, did you see that election? <laughs> He's not freaking out. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Do you not understand that God always lets the fake go first? Do you not understand that when, when the prophet was, on, uh, uh, was dealing with the prophets of Baal and Asherah, and he said, the God who answers with fire, that's going to be God. Does everybody agree? And they're like, yes, we all agree. He said, now you fake people go first. And then the God who answers with fire, we can all agree that that's God. How many of you know that when you're witnessing the fake going first, that you better get some matches? You better get ready for the fire of God's goodness to fall and lead America back into repentance so we can be one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for everybody. But the church is the only thing that can change hearts. You cannot legislate a changed heart. You cannot, you cannot vote a changed heart. You can only repent into a changed heart that is the result of recognizing how good God is. You and I are carriers of the, procl the proclaiming of forgiveness is available. It doesn't matter what you've done. It matters what he's done. And he's so good. Let that shepherd you right into a new life. Otherwise, we're going to despair. I would have despaired if I didn't believe that I was going to see the goodness of God. Listen, I'm excited. I cannot wait. I'm 63 years old and God has got me factored into the next revival in America. I've been a part of two of them already. Amen. I get to see a third one. I get to be a part of a third one if I don't blow it. 
which I don't plan on blowing it. Plus, I'm too old to blow it now. It's just, it's just my sexy's gone. My back hurts. Come on, somebody. The floor is farther down than it's ever been. Come on, somebody. It's like I can't even get to my shoes. I went to bed. I felt great. I woke up. I twisted my ankle in the night somehow. I don't know what happened. You know what I'm talking about. You're laughing because you don't want to cry. Okay. Listen, why why not just walk right up to Jesus and take advantage of the throne of grace so you can get help on time when you need it? It's not the throne of judgment. It's the throne of grace. Okay, so let me keep going. The goodness of God needs to be the filter that we interpret into coming data. The goodness of God. Whatever's coming into your life, let it be interpreted through the filter that God is good. Instead of these people are bad. This situation is horrible. Oh my God. Do you not know what you're doing? Like uh, we were with James Sonic. And uh, Eileen, we preached in Battle Creek this morning. And, uh, oh, Daniil's with me tonight. Honey, please stand. Say hi to everybody. Amen. This is how you know. This is how I know. This is how you know it's real. 40 years of marriage, three kids, five grandkids. And, uh, you know, there are some couples that are having huge trouble in the pandemic. Like, they have to be around each other for seven months, and they're just, you know what, oh, my gosh, I just, I'm not used to seeing you every day, and, and I'm not used to you finish raising me, you know, I'm just not used to you picking up where my parents left off, and, and we've had a few couples just be like, can you give us permission to get a divorce, or at least a, a, a structured separation, because I've been looking at his face for seven months, I can't stand it, I'm, we're doing better than we've ever done, amen, I'm like, I love, I, in fact, I could have got away from her for this 10 days, I said, come go with me, and so, so I don't know about you, but the goodness of God needs to be the filter, instead of us going into the badness, you know, I made a decision this year, and it's, it's, it may be late, in the game to do this, but I'm going to start now. And I don't know why I have never had the courage to do this before. I didn't have the revelation. I guess you're not ready till you're ready. But I am not going to let the bad things that happened to me when I was being raised have more power than the good things that happened to me when I was raised up. How many of you know that you might have been raised wrong? Especially everybody on this side right here. This is the raised wrong. Y'all got on a bus or something. You pulled out in front and the bus driver said, all you raised wrong people, your pastor's in there. And you just went in. No, I'm just kidding. So, but, but you know what? We might have been raised wrong, but God raised us up right. And I am not going to let the power of my toxic upbringing have more power than the goodness of God that raised me up. Every time these issues that require tissues and these dramas that are in my pajamas, come on, somebody, try to legislate to my life, right? They try to legislate to my life the way I'm going to live and the level that I'm going to live. No, I'm interpreting life through the filters of the reality of the goodness of God in my life. Amen? How about you? See, our worldview needs to be this. God is good. 
somehow, some way, he's going to turn this around for my good. Remember, Joseph said to his brothers, y'all meant this for evil, but God meant this for my good. How many of you know that God can't mean anything for you except good? Even if someone else or your own self did something and you meant it for evil, God's goodness is stronger than our badness. God has no other vision for your life except for good. He wants good things to come to you. And let me say this, and I'm not trying to be insensitive to people. I'm not trying to minimize our uh, emotions or uh, solical issues. But my Bible says in the 23rd Psalm, verse 6, it says goodness. Everybody say goodness. It's, everybody say goodness. And then it says mercy. Everybody say mercy. So mercy, goodness is the character of God and God's intentions for me. And mercy is God's passion to restore everything that I've lost in my life. He said goodness and mercy are going to follow me every day of my life. I have an announcement. No more bad days. No more bad days. Some of us want to go to bed at 3.30 so we can hurry up and get over this day. Some of, us, some of us want to go to bed and wake up in 2021. We're just like, I got to get this year over with. I cannot believe what's happening this day. No, 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 no. Every, no bad days. Bad days are irrational for Christ followers. Goodness and mercy are following you. Listen, you don't have to go after goodness and you don't have to go after mercy if you just slow down and stop zigzagging. Let goodness and restoration catch up to you, overtake you, apprehend you, and manifest in your life. Amen? Stop running from God. Stop running from his goodness. Quit trying to think you got to make good things happen for yourself and just thrill and chill until... God is after you with restoration and goodness. To, it's following you. It's on your heels. Stop dodging and zigzagging. Amen, somebody? No more bad days for God's kids. Bad things can happen, but the filter that I'm going to appraise that negative stuff with is God is trying to get something good to me. You meant it for evil, God's going to mean it for good. And what God means is a lot stronger than what folks mean. Amen, somebody, even though they mean folks. No bad days. It's all about believing the goodness of God. Everything God wants to do in your life is good. Believe it, receive it, get a hold of it. And everything's going to get better in your life. This is God's introduction into the extraordinary for you. What makes life great is when we possess a confidence that no matter what's going on around us, that God is involved, and as long as he's involved, he is at work both in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. God causes all things to work together for good to those who got God's love and God's purpose deposited in their life. It's all working for your good. Why are you tripping? Why are you pushing the panic button? Why are you hitting the quit switch? It's all good. Why are you mad at people? Why are we having divisions among us? Why are we drawing lines? Let's lift our hands, eliminate lines. Let's celebrate diversity and preserve unity. 
Why? Because God is good. We don't have to react and respond to the way the world is reacting and responding. The world's going to know we belong to Jesus because we react and respond differently than they do. We act, react, and interact under under the influence of the goodness of God. That's how the world knows we're Christians. I've been telling myself this. I cannot allow myself to go down the the manhole cover uh, and and start swimming in the sewer and just flopping around in there with all the other stuff that stinks. I ain't doing it. I'm not going there. I'm not called to it. I like myself way too much. Don't try to pull me into this. My narrative is God is good all the time. And if I believe it, I'm going to see it happening in my life. Amen, somebody? This is the invitation to the extraordinary. Jeremiah 29, 11, then I'm going to wrap it up pretty soon. <laughs> but Jeremiah 29, 11, this is great. This is a great verse. Except sometimes we forget God is talking to us. And he says, I asked the guy to come up 10 minutes before I'm supposed to end He's not being rude. I'm being rude. No, he's, so I appreciate your help. So listen, Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for what? They're plans for good and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. He's factored you into the future. If there's a future, you got hope. And what kind of What are we hoping in? What kind of future? It's a good future. God says, I know the plans I have for you. The problem is that he doesn't tell us what the plans are. It's like, God, what's the plan? I got one. Well, Lord, you haven't told me what the plan is. All you need to know is that I know. All you need to know is that God knows the plan for you and it's for good. The plan is for good. God has no other plans for you except to do you good. Amen, somebody? So so God's goodness, he has goodness on his mind because he's a good God. God is good all the time. And God wants to be good to you all the time. We got to wake up to the goodness of God and stop calibrating to the badness of the world. Are you shocked that the world is bad? God is good. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm going to stop looking. Go ahead, man. I'm going I'm to stop looking at the world's behavior and I'm going to start looking at God's behavior. Why? I belong to him. The constant in our life is that God is good and he's always doing good things for us. And God's goodness is not based on our goodness. God's goodness is based on his goodness. He himself is good to, and kind to ungrateful and evil men, Luke 6, 35. God isn't just good to good people. He's good all the time. And the goodness of God is what causes us to change for the good. God's goodness is what sent Jesus. Jesus Christ is God's grace embraced to the human race. Jesus is not available to me because I'm good, but because God's good. 
Even when I'm at my worst, God is doing me good. God's character and his nature doesn't change because you made a mistake. He's good all the time. I'm the Lord. I don't change. Otherwise, you would be consumed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's up to us to believe it, to receive it, to accept it for us, individually and corporately. The devil's goal is to get you and me to change our perspective and our perception of God from good to evil. Listen, remember when Eve looked at the fruit that God said don't touch and the Bible says and it looked good to her to eat? You know you're in trouble when what God told you not to touch starts looking good. The only reason why the fruit looked good is because she stopped understanding that God was good. And when forbidden, what's forbidden in your life starts looking good, you've gotten your eyes off of the fact that God is good. Let's stop picking fruit that we should be avoiding. Amen? Here's what matters. What do you believe about God? The devil wants us to question the goodness of God and to doubt the goodness of God. And all God wants out of us is to believe, be believed. About what? That he's good. So let me say this in closing. And I actually wrote 15 pages to myself and only got through about half. But Peter says, seeing that God's divine power has granted to us, his power has granted to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. How does it come to you? Through the true knowledge of him who called us according to his own glory and excellence. What's the true knowledge of him who called you according to his glory and excellence, his own glory and excellence? What's true? The true knowledge? He's good. You want the divine power to give you everything that pertains to your life and a godly life, the extraordinary life, where average is your enemy, where you're unoffendable, where you carry the mantle of forgiveness and the goodness of God, believe in the true Jesus. Know the true Jesus. What's the true Jesus? He's good. The power of God does not flow through a mindset that God is bad. It only flows through a mindset that God is good. That's where the power comes. So let me wrap it up by saying this. When you really believe this, I'm so honored to be in front of you guys. I love you so much. I know it's uh, hard to connect the dots, Vanderclock, Hage. I know it's a tough, that's a bridge too far for many people. But I love this church. I love you. I want you to get this really, really bad. I want you to be free tonight. I want you to be encouraged tonight. I want you to 
be drenched and dripping in the love of God and the goodness of God vertically and horizontally. I want you to leave all your fears and hopelessness and disappointment here. Let's turn our disappointment into his appointment and declare that God is good. But when you really believe that God is good, number one, you'll give him access into every area of your life. When you don't think God is good, you're like, I got my dating life. I'll pick my spouse. I'll take care of my own money. I've just got to work through my forgiveness thing. I've got to deal with my past. And you don't give him access into every area because you think he's going to get in there and assign you somewhere that you didn't want to go. He's too good for that. When you really believe that God is good, you'll give him full access. And number two, it will activate a faith in you that will ask him for anything. A breakthrough, a miracle in motion, a release of resources, a healing in your body. There isn't going to be anything that you will be apprehensive to ask him about because you know that if us being evil can do good things for our kids, how much more him will give what's good to those who are his kids. God's good pleasure is to give. Love gives. Every time love shows up, generosity follows. God so loved the world, he gave. The level of love is displayed in the level of gift, the quality of gift. God loved you so much that he gave his son, you think he's going to hold out on you on your business deal? You think he's going to hold out on you on your healing? He's going to hold out on you on your relationship being restored? You think your prodigal has more power? His little, his little weak, what do you call that stuff? Uh, free will. You think his pathetic free will has more power than your prayers? Well, you know, God gave us free will. Yeah, but he gave us power to pray. Go ask, go ask Saul of Tarsus about free will. He's on his way to Damascus, and Jesus is like, yeah, I know you got free will, but boom, shakalaka. Now get up on purpose. He went from a murderer to a minister in like three seconds. Uh, I wasn't, I'm not sure Paul was praying about, you know, using his will to become a minister. Jesus was flying on the prayers of Syrian Christians. Your kids don't have a chance against your prayers. Especially your prayers, mama. Mama's prayers will kick your kids' butt. Amen, somebody? Why? Because God is good. So you're here tonight. And would you mind standing? I, I know you've been sitting so long. And I'm going to sit down and you're going to stand up. No. And will you put your hand over your heart and will you close your eyes and will you get the revelation that God is good operating at full potency and then will you get in the crosshairs of your prayers what you need from the Lord tonight. You got your hand over your heart. You got your faith open. You got your focus on Jesus and his goodness. 
Now, Father, I join my faith with these precious ones. And Father, whatever categorically is the need of each one of these precious, wonderful people, I'm asking you with them in agreement that you release healing, that you release finances, that you release restoration. Lord, that you put broken dreams back together, that you put broken hearts back together, that you take broken relationships and heal them, discourage scared people, give them courage and peace. And Lord, I join my faith with these precious ones and I release the goodness of God accompanied by answered prayer and the confidence to know that you will do what you say you will do in the lives of every single family represented in this room tonight. And it is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Now before you take your hand off of your heart, off of your heart look at me for a minute. You're here tonight and you're saying, I'm not right with God. I, I've let religion or my own mistakes vandalize the character of God. And I've kind of been afraid to give my life to him. I haven't been ready to give it up. But tonight I'm realizing God is really good. He wants to do me good. He's not trying to mess with me. He defeated death, hell, and the grave so I could live an extraordinary life. And now I want to give the rest of my life to him. You're here tonight and you're saying, Hage, I have never given my heart to Jesus. You may have been religious your whole life, but Jesus has never been Lord, or you once walked with him and you wandered off. And you're saying, I'm coming back. And then I'm never going back because my future's in front of me, not back there. And you want to get right with God. Let's all pray real quick but especially those of you who need Jesus or need to come back to him. Say this, Heavenly Father, tonight is my night. I see how good you are. And I'm having a radical mind shift. And that shift is creating a lift in my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Write my name in your book of life. And even if nobody goes with me, still I'm going to follow you. I'm never going back to my old life in Jesus' name. Now look at me. Leave your hand right there. If you prayed that prayer and you came back to God or you came to God through Jesus, you don't have to understand everything. If you just plant your roots in this church, you'll get understanding. Trust me. And empowerment and encouragement and elevation in your life. But you prayed it, you meant it. Why would you give the devil one more day? He'd been lying to you your whole life. If you prayed it, you meant it on the count of three. When I say three, just take your hand off of your heart and lift it to the Lord on the count of three. You ready? One, two, three. Lift it right now. You're getting right. Leave it up. Leave it up. Leave it up. Heavenly Father, thank you. Leave it up. Heavenly Father, you see the lives that are connected to these hands. And Lord, I pray that by the act of your Holy Spirit, 
that they will put roots down into the soil of this house. And Lord, they will flourish for the rest of their life. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody say amen. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.